Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Self-Care Forum podcast. I'm Dr. Cedric Bachetou, your host for the hour. In this podcast, we learn knowledge that will empower you to address the root cause of your disease. We interview health and wellness professionals with interesting perspectives. Our goal is to interest you in the care of the human frame, in diet, and in the cause and prevention of disease. Today, we are fortunately joined by Holly Howe. Holly is the founder of MakeSauerkraut.com, a popular resource for online fermentation classes, recipes, and articles. A former grade school teacher, she helps students learn how to safely transform everyday vegetables into healthy and delicious fermented foods. Holly visits her year-round farmer's market each week to gather inspiration for seasonally fermenting produce picked at the peak of freshness. Spring leeks are fermented into a delicious paste for seasoning scrambled eggs and ham sandwiches. June cucumbers are made into cucumber pickles for a crunchy snack. And of course, early winter cabbage is fermented into a broad palette of sauerkraut flavors. Holly Howe, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm great and excited to be here to share with your audience such a wonderful and flavorful way to take care of their health. And I love it that it it, it pretty much centers around nutrition, something we do. Uh, some, we eat yes. food every day. So, you know, what better way to make sure that while you're eating, you're building up your health and, and building up your immune system. So when we talk about sauerkraut, we talk about fermentation. We talk about probiotics, prebiotics. We talk about the gut. But before we get into all of that, Holly, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and of course, what inspired you to pursue MakeSauerkraut.com. Okay, excellent. Um, I grew up always interested in my health and the foods I ate and how they impacted how I felt. And my desire has always been to live to a ripe young age, <laughs> ripe old age with a lot of energy, my body still being what it needs to be and uh, not end up in a care home or with uh, having to see doctors and take medications. I feel our body given the right foods, knows how to take care of itself. And if we listen to the little messages from our body, um, we know what foods to eat and how to change things to have the diet we need. So diets have always interested me. I've always been drawn to all the different books out there, the flavor of the day for diets. But um, I kept coming back to one that was introduced to me, oh, 20 plus years ago. And it was a book called Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon. Mm-hmm. And it was based upon the work of Weston A. Price. Weston A. Price was a diet, uh, dentist in the early uh, 1900s, practiced in the 20s and 30s. And um, he started looking at his patients and noticing that they had more and more dental caries. There wasn't enough room in their mouth for all their teeth. More teeth were being pulled. And he wondered, you know, just like somebody who goes to buy a horse and looks at the teeth to see the health of the horse, mm-hmm. he was trying to see if there was a correlation between dental health and the health of the individual. So he traveled the world and he looked at different societies, the Aborigines in Australia, the uh, African, um, tribal Africans, uh, 
all these different cultures and came up with 14 groups who had radiant health. They had none of the like tuberculosis of the time. They were strong and healthy and vibrant and were not eating any processed foods. And he looked at their diet and looked at the commonalities among the diets. And one thing that one common thread that every group had was they all ate some type of fermented food. So that was kind of the thing. Oh, a fermented food. Let's try this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I went out and bought Bubby's sauerkraut. This was 20 years ago. So this was before YouTube videos. This was before um, Amazon, before we had people to help us. I had only two books to look at, but I went ahead and bought the Bubby sauerkraut and our family started eating that. And it soon got expensive because buying prepared foods like that, even properly prepared foods and having a family of four, we got through the jar pretty quickly. So I decided to learn to make my own. Yeah. And, uh, just a wonderful, flavorful process. I saw how our digestion improved. I saw how um, more energetic we were with the fermented foods. And it just was also a neat process to actually make our own foods. I didn't realize, I mean, we made a lot of our own foods, but to make this transformative food that was probiotic rich. Um, and it, when Weston A. Price was studying these groups, they didn't have any idea about how fermented foods connected to the gut microbiome mm -hmm. and the gut microbiome research is only about 15 years old. And so we've learned a lot since then, but they knew intuitively to raise strong, healthy children to live until ripe old age and be healthy, energetic, it depended upon the foods. Yes. So I was able to kind of toss aside a lot of the dietary recommendations out there in books and kept coming back to this really bright individual who looked at what these people ate. We, we try to guess what the right diet is and we can be right, we can't be wrong, but we don't know, we're guessing. And he looked at healthy people and then looked at what they ate and how they prepared it. So that sure. got me started on fermentation, <clears throat> got me started on sauerkraut. And before I knew it, um, friends were asking me how to make it. I was teaching my friends and then larger and larger groups. And before I knew it, I decided it was time to put it on the internet and reach a larger audience. So uh, yes. yeah. Yeah, I mean, not from a health crisis, but for a, a desire to retain my health. Well, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And and to add a little bit to it, uh, Mr. Weston A. Price, I believe his work also addressed the damaging effects of refined sugar on right. you know the Western diet and and you know our teeth and how it contributed to a lot of of a lot of the issues that we face today. Um, I, I think he found right. that dental uh, people in these uh, other cultures didn't have as many dental issues or teeth issues that we have. Um, so yeah, it's amazing what you find when you just look at other cultures and, you know, too many times we think we're advanced and with our, you know, with everything that we have <laughs> and we think we have the best, but the reality is we have a long way to go. And I love that you, right. you know, you came across his work and, and it certainly inspired you. So when we talk about fermentation, you know, when I think about fermentation, I think about, you know, just putting something and leaving germs sort of like do their work and fester. And it, it's not the most appealing thing that comes to mind. Right. right. So in your own words, how would you define what fermentation is and how would you describe it? Uh, what is your process like? Well, you know, when I first made my first batch of sauerkraut, I had no idea what fermentation was. I was following a recipe. I was slicing up cabbage and mixing in some salt and 
putting it in a jar. And I had no idea that that's what fermentation was. It was a fermented food. I had no idea that there was bacteria involved. I was just following a recipe. And as I came further and further along in the process, I realized what a wonderful, spectacular, magical process this is. You think about fermented foods out there, cheese coming from milk in a culture, and look at the flavor shift that happens from drinking a glass of milk compared to all the varieties of cheese we eat. Right, you think right. of, um, you know, meats turned into salami. You think of um, kombucha. Kombucha is very popular now. People know about it. It's a, you know, you can even get it at a fast food store. Yeah. And um, that's a sweetened tea. If you drink the sweetened tea, it's does not, it's not appealing, but it goes through that fermentation process all process. And all of a sudden we had this magical drink. And um, so the fermentation is a way of preserving foods. That's how um, the Koreans make their kimchi. So they mm -hmm. can pick the cabbage in late fall. It's not going to grow throughout the winter. They have no more access to those, that produce. This is before refrigeration, way back when fermentation started, you know, centuries ago, but it was a way for people to preserve food. We came along and started canning food as a faster and easier way to preserve food. And the process, in that process, we lost the nutrients and the probiotics of fermentation. So if we take fermentation, what it is, is we relying upon bacteria that live in the air, on the vegetables or everywhere. And we don't need to fear these, these bacteria. That's why I love to introduce people to fermentation. So all of a sudden they welcome bacteria into their lives and realize they're beneficial. We need them. We can't make sauerkraut without bacteria. Right. And so um, the, the process of fermentation, mainly I like, I'll be speaking right now, vegetable fermentation. If we're making yogurt, that's a little bit different, still a fermentation process, but more of a culturing where we take yogurt from a previous batch and mix it into the milk to culture it, to create our um, yogurt. But with the fermentation of vegetables like cabbage into sauerkraut, we're taking that vegetable, it's rich in carbohydrates and sugar. We're preparing it and putting it into a home that jar. We're slicing up that cabbage very finely. Mm -hmm. We're mixing salt in with it and creating a brine by mixing it all together. The liquid in the cabbage cells is released and mixed with the salt to create this brine. We pack that into the jar and then the bacteria that were present on our hands in the jar and on the vegetables are still in that jar. Mm -hmm. They're packed down under this briny liquid. We want them under the liquid because fermentation, but this vegetable fermentation is an anaerobic process, meaning without air. Without air. So okay. The bacteria we want, that bacteria that are going to do this wonderful magical transformation for us, they survive and work best in an anaerobic environment. We don't need to worry about the pathogenic bacteria, say the E. coli that we didn't quite get rinsed off the cabbage. Mm -hmm. We have no fear about that because in this um, environment, these bacteria these beneficial bacteria, lactobacillus mainly, are eating the sugars in the cabbage and they're producing lactic acid. The lactic acid lowers the pH in the jar way down and rather quickly so mm -hmm. that the pathogenic bacteria die off. The pathogenic bacteria are already dying off because of it's an anaerobic environment. There's no it's air. It's too salty for them. Yes. So we have all these factors in place, the salt, the sodium in there, the lack of air, and then, you know, just that environment. And so through that process, they're eating up the sugars, they're creating lactic acid, that's the preservative. And that's part of the digestive aid. So that when we eat the sauerkraut, it helps with um, 
you know, we have hydrochloric acid to break down our foods. Well, with the sauerkraut, we're adding lactic acid to um, improve digestibility. And so they ferment, they create that lactic acid, they transform it from the salty cabbage into this wonderful tangy sauerkraut. And all of a sudden, you can it can happen in a week, but it, you know it's nice to go for a few weeks longer to develop the flavor. We've taken this cabbage, fresh picked out of our garden or bought from the grocery store, and we've transformed it into this probiotic rich food that all traditional societies and our great great grandparents consumed and naturally retained great gut microbiome health just from the foods we were eating. Oh yeah. Today, yeah, today we've taken that food and pasteurized it. So now we go to buy sauerkraut in a can off the shelf and it's not garnering the same uh, beneficial benefits. So fermentation is taking those vegetables and transforming them into probiotics and prebiotics and things to help us retain a healthy gut microbiome. And that's at the root of our health is to have a good microbiome healthy gut microbiome. Agreed. And and I would also add, I think, unfortunately, we live in a day and age where germs or bacteria, they get a bad <laughs> rap, right? I mean, you think about germs, you think about bacteria, and you think ill, you think illness, you think sickness, you think disease, right? But if you right. call them probiotics, now you sort of see the benefit, but it's, you know, it's the same thing, <laughs> you know? So I think it's very interesting. I mean, you mentioned certain strains like lactobacillus, you know, you have saccharomyces, you, you know, you have different things, you have uh, different strains that can be uh, found in, in, in yogurts that uh, are typically found in, I think a lot of yogurt brands now are, are offering, uh, you know, putting some sort of probiotic cultures in them. It's right. sort of like the thing to do, right? The trend du jour, yes. <laughs> uh, as they say. So now it, it's becoming more mainstream and more acceptable. But um, it, it's amazing what you discover when you just look at this amazing relationship that we have with the world, with the things around us, right? That something could simply by isolating it, uh, cutting off oxygen, um, you know, these germs or these bacteria that we have been told that are just so horrible, um, they're able to, uh, you know, perform their magic, if you will, and transform something into another product and which has immense benefits to our own microbiome. And, and just for those who may be wondering, uh, the microbiome is, uh, you know, this ecosystem that lives within us, right? Just in our gut. Outs, you know, outs, yeah. Or even yeah. outside of us, if you think about it, really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's outside. <laughs> but then I'm, I'm alluding to the tube, you know, the, yes. from the mouth to the anus, uh, the, <laughs> the intestines, you have, uh, I, I believe it's to the tune of 100 uh, uh, billion microbes, I believe. Right, it's just yeah. a ridiculous number of microbes and a thousand species. Um, and most of them are actually living in a mutual relationship with us. So, uh, and I want to get into uh, some of the benefits that uh, fermentation and, you know, has on our health, our gut health, our overall health. But I know this, that they definitely help us and they even help fight off some of the more harmful bacteria that can actually cause illness and disease. But yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the benefits you've experienced, you and your family have experienced with uh, fermentation or fermenting foods such as sauerkraut? Right. Well, I have to first go when you're talking about this relationship with the bacteria and stuff that 
at a bigger picture, it's this wonderful, when we start fermenting foods, it's this wonderful empowering process to think that you learn this skill that no, none of your ancestors passed down to you. You haven't been hanging out in the kitchen with your grandparents learning this process that should have been passed down through the ages. Yeah. And so here you are working with bacteria to create this food and you develop this relationship with the bacteria, but you're also developing a larger relationship with your community. So you had the community of your bacteria, but then once you realize that in order to have great fermented foods, I really need fresh produce picked from my garden. If I don't have my garden to pick it from, then I'm going to go to my grocery store. But if I have a farmer's market to go to, then I can really get fresh produce and develop this relationship with the farmer that grew the food so that we go back to de developing this local food system where we're supporting one another and developing this community. So when I think of fermentation, I think not only of the community of the bacteria and the health benefits, but the larger community to bring back a local food supply and support each other and hand directly cash to my farmer who grew the cabbage and then bring him a jar of sauerkraut down the road. And so that's the, the larger community outside of the bacteria. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at the benefits, you alluded to some of them. It's um, most people come to fermentation. That's a question I ask when people subscribe to my newsletter is what was the number one reason you want to learn to ferment foods? And the number one reason for most of the people is for gut health. And so they've been told by their doctor that it's more and more in the news. Thank goodness. So people are learning that this, the benefit of just a forkful of fermented food on a daily basis can have a you know massive impact on their gut health. So the fermented food is providing probiotics. That's what's being created during the fermentation process. Mm -hmm. Those probiotics do all sorts of wonderful things in our gut microbiome. Um, they help produce serotonin for the feel good feeling. They, um, all sorts of metabolites going on. They're helping with digestion, with our immune system. They're telling us what to eat. The cravings that we have are the gut microbiome talking to us and saying, we need this food. We don't want this food. They impact our weight by the foods that we eat. A lot of people, um, when they first started, start eating sauerkraut, they crave it. They want to eat more and more of it. And all of a sudden they want to eat down to the bottom of the jar. And that's your gut talking to you saying, thank you. You're giving me this great, wonderful set of probiotics that I need. Keep, keep eating them, keep eating them. Um, they provide the prebiotics. The prebiotics are the fiber, the food for the probiotics living in our gut. Yes. So it's again, that symbiotic relationship we're working with. Um, so they're rich in the probiotics and the prebiotics. They provide a high level of nutrients. Um, if you look at the vitamin C content of cabbage, it's around 37 milligrams per cup during the fermentation, 30 milligrams per cup during the fermentation process that doubles up to almost 60 milligrams. So you're getting more vitamin C. If you ferment red cabbage, that 30 milligrams of vitamin C in the raw cabbage is actually skyrockets to almost 600 milligrams. Wow. Because of the, the color of the cabbage, the polyphenols, et cetera. So red cabbage will be much higher in the vitamin C. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing that through that fermentation process, these nutrients are made more bioavailable. So we're able to get, because it's unlocked, we're able to garner more vitamin C from the fermented food than from the raw cabbage. Um, the food is much easier to digest because the fermentation process breaks it down. So you're not having to work as hard digestive wise. 
to process that food. So then your digestive system is left open for doing other wonderful things it needs to do. Um, oh, and then I think what I talked about earlier, it's also, it's that wonderful process of um, connecting with your food. It's a safe and flavorful way to preserve your food. If you were to take a spinach salad and throw that together, it could be like coated with E. coli that didn't quite get rinsed off. Sure. And so you may be enjoying that spinach salad, but your gut microbiome most likely will take care of that E. coli and you won't get sick if you have a healthy gut microbiome. But if you were to take that same salad and go through the fermentation process, it would kill off that E. coli. Right. So it's, it's providing safe foods for us. Even the, um, say foods that have been sprayed with different uh, chemicals during mm -hmm. the fermentation process. Pesticides. Nature's, yeah, it, it's just amazing. And it's a flavorful way to enrich your meals. It's um, fermented foods are rich in umami, which is a, a pleasant, savory taste. That's why we have monosodium glutamate. It's like a chemical way of, of creating the flavors that are in sauerkraut. But the glutamates that are created during the fermentation process add flavor to a meal and make flavors pop. And so if you have kind of a blase meal or a, and you just stir say um, a forkful of sauerkraut onto that meal, it totally transforms the flavors because you're adding this umami punch to it. So just a lot of benefits to it. And it's just a way that you can take charge of your health. You learn this fermentation process, you need to slowly notice health changes happening, the better digestion, the more energy, the acne clearing up, et cetera. Yeah. So I thank you for sharing all of that. So Holly, I'm someone who um, I do understand the importance of maintaining your gut microbiome, but I, I'm one of those guys who has just, I, I, I take my probiotic supplements and I think I'm done. Right. <laughs> but listening to you, it, it sounds to me like you get a lot more out of fermented foods than what you might get in a pill or a capsule. Right. Right. And, and so just walk me through the process of working with you, taking one of your classes. What's needed? What is the process like? Um, first off, I would say that what I want people to understand is through the process of fermentation, what we are doing is providing a home for the bacteria. We're not really doing the work. We're, we're trying to understand about the bacteria, not at a confusing technical level, but just at a very basic level with bacteria like to thrive and make the best sauerkraut they can for you. And it is a scientific process. It is, um, fermentation is science, even though our great ancestors did it intuitively, we don't have the greatest produce that they had to work with. And we need to kind of work with the basic ground rules, rules for fermentation. So like bread baking and like even baking cookies, there is a certain amount of butter and sugar and eggs we put in to get those cookies to turn out. So with the fermentation process, we um, the, the bacteria like salt. So we need salt for fermentation and they like a certain amount of salt in that, which is a 2% salt, which is a tablespoon of salt into a one um, quart batch of sauerkraut. So what I have people do is to use a scale to measure what they're putting into that jar. And that then sets up the home for the bacteria. If we put in too much salt, we slow down the fermentation process and we don't get all the flavor unlocking and everything happening that those bacteria need to go through the different stages. Mm -hmm. If we don't put in enough salt, 
things happen too quickly and we end up with molds and yeast and not the flavors we want. And, and then we don't have that perfect environment for those bacteria. So when I take people through the course, I kind of give them the basic about what bacteria like, that they like a salty environment. They like a certain amount of salt in there. They want it anaerobic without air. So we learn how to keep things below the brine with you know things you can find around the home or there's some nice gizmos on uh, Amazon. And we talk about um, like say thinly slicing cabbage. When you thinly slice the cabbage, you open up more of the cells to create more brine to have that briny environment that those bacteria like to live in. Mm -hmm. um, and then we mix in that tablespoon of salt for a quart jar of uh, sauerkraut. And we work with the mixing that salt in really well to create that brine and then pack it into the jar and hold it below the brine. Um, the bacteria like to work at a kind of a room temperature. If the room is too cold, they go to sleep. They're not going to do any work for us. Right, right. <laughs> if it's the middle of summer and 100 degrees in your kitchen, they're going to lay down just like we would do and not work either because it's too hot for them. And so we try to maintain a kind of 68, 72 degree kind of a room temperature. And that's the ideal temperature at which these bacteria work and create uh, you know, beautiful flavors. So it's a basic process of slicing cabbage, adding salt, creating brine and packing it into the jar. And then there's just little nuances we add to make sure people succeed. When I first started fermenting, I just sliced away at my cabbage and added enough salt till it tasted kind of salty like a potato chip. And then some batches taste that turned out wonderful. Some batches did not. And so along the way, over the last 15, 20 years, I kept kind of refining the process mm -hmm. and I didn't start out using a scale. I didn't start out using a specific salt. I like a mineral rich salt, which is like your Himalayan pink salt and your um, real salt because sea salt. Um, yeah. Sea salt works, but the Himalayan pink salt is a full mineral rich salt. Mm -hmm. So like Weston A. Price, when he went back and realized the processed foods, the white flour, the oils, um, salt in essence can be a processed food. So when we take salt the way it's found in, in the earth, the mineral rich salt deposits way down the earth and we break that down into the salt that still has all the minerals, the full profile. Any salt will work, but those are just little refinements to make you know, the success greater and more food for the bacteria from the minerals in that salt. So little things along the way that I try to help people out with, even on my website, the recipe goes through the same steps to uh, succeed and learn all the little nuances along the way. And then you become so confident and you master the skills to the point you can do it in your sleep. And so making a batch of sauerkraut that can last you a month takes you 20 minutes, wow. almost the amount of time it'll take you to run to the grocery store and back. And you have this jar of probiotics sitting in your refrigerator that you can grab at a moment's notice and have this whole range of bacteria in there, not the uh, isolated strains that you might buy in a, a jar of probiotics. And the cost is, you know, once you have your equipment, which is mainly your scale, your salts, your jars, then you're down to the cost of cabbage to make a jar of sauerkraut. That's right. So in addition to using cabbage, what else can you use to uh, ferment? What other produce can you ferment? Um, well, first of all, sauerkraut, I do not make plain sauerkraut. I add in all sorts of flavoring ingredients, grated carrots, grated beets, um, 
I even have one that has pineapple and lime zest and cilantro in it. <laughs> Anything can be added to that as a flavor enhancer. You know, you think of kimchi. I make uh, have a recipe on the website for a kimchi flavored sauerkraut, mm-hmm. which takes the ingredients typically found in kimchi and mixes them in with cabbage to make the process a little bit easier than say kimchi itself. So you, the world is your oyster. Anything you want just about can be put into that jar of sauerkraut to turn, you know, wonderful, flavorful, rich um, sauerkraut that any member of the family can like. So cabbage and sauerkraut is a great first ferment because it is foolproof in essence. Cabbage is an easy vegetable to ferment because it's not too rich in sugar. So you're not battling that. Most cabbage found year round can be fermented. And so it's a great one to start with sauerkraut itself combines well with any meal. So I can add it to my eggs in the morning. I can mix it into my salad at lunchtime. I can add it on my plate at dinner time. So if you're trying to introduce a new fermented food into your diet, sauerkraut's a great one to start with because it is easy to make and it can combine well with any meal. And it's easy to find at stores if you wanna go out and buy it. Um, and I have a shopping guide to make sure you're buying real sauerkraut that is raw and alive versus the canned stuff. If you're looking for it on the shelf down the middle of the aisle, that's not the sauerkraut that's going to nourish your gut. You want to make sure you're buying sauerkraut in the refrigerated section. Okay. Even on Amazon, they sell it. That says it's raw and alive. And so that's the sauerkraut. But just about any vegetable can be fermented. You think pickles, people think cucumbers, but you can right. take and chop up any vegetable you want. And again, you put it in a briny environment. You mix up a brine to ferment it in. So you could do carrot sticks, you can mix together carrots and cauliflower and peppers and garlic and jalapeno peppers. You can ferment jalapeno peppers on their own. Just about anything out there can be fermented. And there's just little nuances you learn along the way. And then you add those to your meal and then you're providing the probiotics you need for that healthy digestion. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's nice to know that you, you can get a variety of different uh, produce to uh, go through the fermentation process. So you can get a little, uh, a diverse array of right. uh, fermented foods, right? And I'm sure each one brings its own sort of uh, characteristics of, you know, microbial or probiotic profile. So. Right. That is awesome. So walk us through one of your classes, or, you know, I, I understand you have offer courses. So what is the process to working with you through, through one of the courses? So I have two main courses. One is um, how to make sauerkraut. And then one is the pickle course. And so in, in the course, we go through the fermentation process um, for like sauerkraut is we start with our scale, we put our, our, our bowl on that scale and we add what we, I call the flavoring ingredients to that. So once I've introduced people to the benefits of fermentation and how fermentation works and we get our hands dirty and we learn you know, the fermentation process. And so you're picking the recipe I like to teach people is uh, what I call sweet garlic sauerkraut. And we're adding shredded carrots, we're adding chopped garlic to that bowl. And then we're gonna slice cabbage on that and fill up that bowl till we hit 800 grams. That's gonna be enough material to pack into our jar. And then we're gonna sprinkle that with our tablespoon of salt, take that off the scale. We have just the right amount that's gonna fit into a quart jar. Our ancestors did ferment in large crocks and that's a great 
step to get to once uh, you've learned the process and maybe you want to be making more of it. Mm-hmm. But we mix that all together and uh, gradually the brine, the uh, water's pulled out of the cells of the cabbage and we create our brine. And it's a little drippy mess. And we take that and we pack that into our jar and then um, use our weight to hold that down below the brine and then put that on our countertop and let that sit on the counter for seven days to ferment. And during that process, that's when those bacteria are eating the lactic acid, eating the sugars and the carbohydrates in our vegetables and transforming it to lactic acid. The colors fade. It starts getting aromatic. We kind of have the uh, fermentation smell in the house that some people may not you know, take a while to get used to, but some people do put it into a cooler to uh, kind of block in that, you know, smell if you don't want that. And then we start kind of tasting it around the seven day mark to understand how the flavors have shifted and changed. And then you can start adding it to your meals. But yeah, so through my courses and even on the the website and the recipe I have, we take people through that step-by-step to understand what I call the surefire sauerkraut method, which is setting you up for success to create sauerkraut that your family's going to love and you'll enjoy eating. Well, that sounds tempting. <laughs> so it, with with your family, since you began fermenting foods, what are some health benefits that you can, uh, you can say your, your family and even yourself that you guys have experienced? I, I have to say, you know, we are all fairly healthy to begin with. My mm-hmm. uh, teenage son, when we started, was dealing with acne that, cleaned, cleared up fairly quickly with, by adding that good, healthy gut microbiome, you know, healthy bacteria to the gut microbiome. What I noticed is almost the converse. Um, when I first started traveling, we live in Canada on Vancouver Island and, and I grew up in California. So we'd go down to visit family in California. And the first couple trips or the first trip I took, it was like, I'm not going to pack the sauerkraut. I'm going to keep it easy. And it was amazing how not having that with me for the digestive aid, all of a sudden digestion slowed way down and I was not having the energy that I normally would have. Um, So I noticed more when I took it out of the diet, the issues that we, you know, the digestive issues by not having the sauerkraut to help with digestion. Amen. And then I know people that come and take the course or learn how to make sauerkraut off the website. Um, They talk mainly about digestive issues, clearing up, um, Kidney issues, one man with a, on kidney dialysis, who I think for 20 or 30 years had never ha- had a healthy um, bowel movement, started eating it. And within weeks, uh, within days, actually, he uh, had healthy uh, elimination that he hadn't had for years. Wow. Um, people with um, uh, gas and bloating. And, and, you know, it's not a magic pill. Mm-hmm. And it's not a diet. So we have to look at fermented foods as one more way to take care of our health. It's not going to be that I start eating sauerkraut and all of a sudden everything goes away. But it it's is a step part, in the right direction, right? Yeah, it's a step in the right direction. And it's amazing when you, especially when you make it that cell yourself and you taste the flavor change in your meals and you start noticing little nuances of changes, then you start going, oh, Okay, what else can I do to improve my health? What else is going on that I need to look at? And so um, sauerkraut is a condiment that we add to our meals. It's not the meal itself. It's not a new diet. Anybody, whatever diet you're on, whether it's a vegan diet or a paleo diet, it doesn't matter. We can all add fermented foods to our diet. 
the 14 cultures that um, Weston A. Price studied had huge variants in their diets. They all had fermented foods, different types of fermented foods, but it's just a component of a healthy diet. So it's not a magic pill. It's a magic jar of wonderful probiotics, but it's not going to overnight take care of everything. But slowly we work on improving our digestion and slowly our gut microbiome comes back into balance and then more and more changes can help and more and more health improvements we can see. Mm -hmm. Well, and tell us a little bit about your book. I understand you your book is called Mouthwatering Sauerkraut. Yes, fermentation made easy. Fermentation made easy. Yes, yes. Um, It takes you through the whole process. There's like 20 plus recipes in there, some with spicy ones, some with beets in. But again, um, I'm taking people, helping them to understand basically the benefits of fermented foods, why it's so important, the equipment that we can have, um, how the fermentation process is so wonderful, how it can eat up the chemicals that may be sprayed on that cabbage that we bought or how it increases the vitamin C content of our foods. So all of that is part of the introduction to the book. And then we go over all sorts of equipment, which is very basic, mainly starting with a canning jar that maybe, uh, you know, for me, my uh, both my mom and my grandmother canned, and that was how we made it through winter with canned fruits and vegetables, but, you know, a canning jar that you can buy at any big box store. And uh, a way, you know, different ways to hold things below the brine to keep the anaerobic environment. Then I take you through the basic process step by step with lots of little tips along the way and lots of pictures. And then um, a troubleshooting guide where if um, you have mold on your sauerkraut, what happened and why? If your sauerkraut turned out too salty, why is that? How do I adjust it? If there's no brine, how do I adjust that? So the common questions people have. that I've seen along the way and how to help them along and then different ways to enjoy your sauerkraut, which are very basic. Mainly it's just whatever you're eating, add it to it. We don't need to um, complicate things. You've already gone through the process of making the sauerkraut. It's a complete mm-hmm. food. And so, yes, there's traditional dishes, maybe like pork and sauerkraut that people have cooked, but you know, the cooking process will destroy the um, probiotics, but still, enjoying your sauerkraut is as simple as uh, pulling that jar out of the refrigerator to whatever you're eating and adding it to it. So so the book, the online um, recipe and the courses kind of take you through that same process in different ways. Some people love a book they can hold in their hands. Yeah. Some people want to scroll down their phone and and look at the recipe. And then some people want kind of an interactive uh, face group help and more um, detailed information. So I have kind of the three levels of help with out there for people, but you know, I just want people to realize, you know, I'm, I'm wanting fermentation to happen in our homes, just like traditional cultures all had some type of fermentation happening in our homes. And we go to more of the third world countries and it's just part of their culture. We look at the Koreans yeah. with their kimchi and every November they have this huge festival in Seoul on the plaza there where they're making kimchi for the needy. And, you know, hundreds of people are out there and it's, it's part of their lives and to bring this back into people's lives and realize that, you can take care of your health. You don't need to spend your time in the doctor's office and taking a um, prescription medicine that you can learn the skill and start adding it to your diet and realize there are health changes that can slowly happen. And 
Yeah, no, no, no. And, and I love it because it, it fits along with my message of telling and encouraging people to become self-care advocates, right? Oh, Hence why we began the Self-Care Forum podcast. The idea is to teach people to be proactive about their health. Um, it's either that or, you know, you can be on medications for the rest of your life, <laughs> right? And and so I, I also did want to point out that your book is available as an ebook, a PDF file, as well as it's a uh, as well as paperback. Yeah, so on Amazon. On Amazon, yeah. Thank so you. whatever form you enjoy uh, reading uh, the most, please go ahead and check out "Fermentation Made Easy: A Mouthwatering Sauerkraut" by Holly Howe. And so, Holly, would you tell us how people can learn more about you and your and follow you on? Are you on social media? I am on social media. It's not my, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I like to spend time in my kitchen working on recipes and getting courses together. But yes, Make Sauerkraut is my handle everywhere. The website, my website is makesauerkraut.com, M-A-K-E-S-A-U-E-R-K-R-A-U-T. And um on there, you can find an online recipe that takes you through all the steps. You can find access to my book and access to my courses. And if you, um, on the homepage there, if you join my newsletter there on the seven fermentation mistakes you might be making and how to avoid them, you'll then soon get um, down the road a little discount on my course if you subscribe that way. But um, yeah. And on Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram, it's all make sauerkraut. Thank and you. I do so answer oh. emails. Yeah, I do answer emails. So if you have a question or need help along the way, I'm still able to uh, respond to people. And that's kind of how I learn and figure out what people are struggling with and how to help them through that step by step. And so uh, for those who are watching, I will be adding all of those uh, social media handles as well as her website in the comment section. Is it okay if I include your email? Um, they, they'll find that if they, once they subscribe and back and forth. And sure. So. Understood. Okay. So I'll have the uh, website as well as her social media handle, Facebook, Pinterest, and even Instagram. So for anybody who'd like to learn more or, um, you know, simply take a look at some of the recipes and guides that she has on her website, they're freely available on her blog. Uh, please go ahead and uh, click on one of the links below. Holly Howe, I want to thank you so much for enlightening us on how to make sauerkraut at home. By the way, I will be uh, taking one of your courses uh, <laughs> as soon as I can work up some time because this is definitely up my alley. Um, I, I definitely believe that making sauerkraut will give you more pre and probiotics than probably just taking a pill or a capsule of sorts. So, um, and I'm, I'm big on the gut. It's, uh, one of, uh, one of the steps in my Genesis seven program, uh, the self-care, uh, excuse me, the self-care seven protocol. So, uh, gut health is something that I take, uh, very seriously. It's step four out of seven in my self-care seven. So I'm always looking for ways to improve my gut. Um, you know, I have a particular, uh, probiotic, uh, brand that I like. It, it's a multi probiotic type strain and, and it's really good. But um, I, I think you've made a believer out of me to <laughs> begin well, fermentation. Also, 
Yeah, and, and realize too, if you're not ready to make it, we're fortunate, you know, 20 years ago, it was very hard to buy sauerkraut at the grocery store. And nowadays you can, like I say, even find it on Amazon. And if you do look at my website under the blog, I have a sauerkraut shopping guide. And that's another way to get started just to see, get acquainted with the flavor of sauerkraut. A lot of people aren't even used to or know what flour, sauerkraut tastes like. Mm -hmm. So that's a great way to start to have that to compare it to so when you go to make your own you know what kind of what to look for and what it tastes like so that's also available on the website and it's a real handy guide to then take with you to the grocery store and pick up a what you think might be a jar of probiotics and then you start reading you go wait a minute they've got that preservative in there and it's been pasteurized whoops that's not going to help me so no. don't feel that you know step number one is you have to learn to make it it's a great place to start but you can also buy a jar and get started there and then also learn how to make it definitely holly Howe, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the self-care forum podcast i look forward to talking to you soon thank you have a good night All right, I'm going to stop recording.